0: Hello, my name is Ken and I want to welcome you back to Deep Waters. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together in our strength is the effect of working out the will and calling of God in our lives. The title of this message is, That Which Was Lost. Pay attention to the word was, because this is what the message hinges on. Okay, so the Bible has all kinds of truths and navigating through them to seek understanding and the revelation of them can only be coordinated with the Holy Spirit. I see some things, at times pointed out by others, for whom I have read their books or revealed by the Holy Spirit. I do not remember if this message content is one of those times, but surely it was found smack dab in the bend of a corner and should be negotiated with enthusiasm. Jesus states that he came. By the way, he states that he came for a bunch of reasons, some of which are primary in cause and nature, and some are to continue his work as he was doing, which is to seek and save that which is lost. Now, there are other scriptures that share the story of Jesus' purpose differently than what I'm about to share. But keep in mind, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, we're not trying to prove each other wrong, but we're each trying to express their version, our version, of Jesus and what he said, did, and what they, or we, saw and experienced from their vantage point. It's from this perspective of understanding that we intentionally want to understand why It was a detail of Revelation waiting for some unsuspecting soul to ask the what was lost question in order to understand. Understand, you say? I know, four times, right? I would say that in this case, Luke is not talking just about souls as is often taught. If you read other scriptures saying a similar thing, it does mention souls. So we are not talking about souls here in this case. It is often taught and believed that because it is taught in a singular plane of understanding, That is, when Jesus states, For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. That we should pay attention to each word, because in this scripture, it is not the same as the others. Luke 19.10 states, For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. Now you see the was, was? In case I lost you, I would like to illustrate that we are all lost as it relates to the things of God. We is lost. We, right now, at this very day, are lost. Yes, at this very moment. Go ahead, look for yourself. You won't find you, I promise. Now, I'm not talking about authentically born-again believers, but I'm also not talking about being lost in this message. I'm looking to discover the reason why Jesus stated was lost. So what was Jesus going after while down here on earth? Well, I would say to you that in addition to souls, he was going after what we humans lost in the garden. Has anybody seen my contact? Though it's a blur, let's read on. Genesis 3, 6 and 7 state, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Now aside from the fact that I think there may have been some garden trauma, I suggest to you that I am not also talking about our freedom to wear our birthday suits without guilt. Nope. What I'm talking about is something we need when Jesus went home. You see, the death of Jesus not only paved the righteous way to salvation for those who would be saved, but it also purchased or recovered the authority which we had exchanged for the deed called fallen. That is, we exchanged our birthright for Satan's. Okay, so two things. We lost all authority over this planet and all that God had given us. We, through sin, gave it to Satan. Lost. The second thing is that the deeds of the fallen belong to Satan. God made us gods of this earth, not him. Life only makes sense in God when we see that he has truly made us in his image and likeness. I know, I know. I'm going to now address what I just said. Psalm 62, 6. I said, you were gods, and all of you are children of the Most High, but you shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. Now in John 10:34 it goes on to say, Jesus answered them, is it not written in your law, I said, you were gods? For more discussion on the God's We Are statement, please view the message titled, Did We Fall Out of Our Cribs in Heaven? Now, but suffice to say, it wasn't going to last very long. That is the all the benefits that come with being gods of this world thing. In Luke 4, 6, it states, And the devil said to him, that is Jesus, All this authority I will give to you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me and I give it to whomever I wish. And you know it was us who delivered it to him in our sin." Okay, so wait, let's return to the garden party and see what we gave up. In Genesis 1, through 27, it states, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created him, male and female. He created them. We were given authority to rule the world. In fact, here Safir got it right in the song, everybody wants to rule the world. It's not so far from truth, is it? Okay, so now we need to go to dictionary.com to define what dominion is, don't we? Dominion, the power or right of governing and controlling, sovereignty and authority, rule, control, dominion, a territory usually of considerable size on which a single rulership holds sway, lands or dominions subject to sovereignty or control, government a territory constituting a self-governing commonwealth and being one of a number of such territories united in a community of nations or empire formally applied to self-governing divisions of the British Empire's Canada and New Zealand you might be asking me are you saying we gave away our authority to be gods of this earth and of course i would say "Yup, i already said that we done did that which is why the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one first john 5:19 we know that we are of god and that the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. It is also what gives Satan authority and permission to carry out God's curses on any and all people who sin against God. Take a look at Job three two five, Deuteronomy twenty seven ten through twenty eight. All. And Proverbs twenty six two. Note the opportunity Job and our disobedience presented to Satan, which allowed God to give Satan permission to deal with Job with specific limitations. You can find that in Job one eleven twelve two three seven. In Job 3.2.5 it states, For the thing I greatly feared has come upon me, and what I dreaded has happened to me. Job was the first dreadhead. And but so he also opened access to the door for God to release Satan to test him. But this message is not about Job, is it? On with more Lucifer shenanigans. We also see in Luke where Peter was told by Jesus that Satan was coming to sift him like wheat, and I'm sure he wasn't loafing around. Luke 22.31, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you, that he might sift you as wheat. Now, but you might be saying, how could he if he was covered in the blood? This is why, as Christians, we needed the authority to work against the devil's strategy, which we can only do so after we are authentically born-again believers. Jesus got back for us one of the things that we lost, but we are not there yet and still need to chat about the other things we lost. So this is why when it states, for example, in Galatians and 2 Corinthians, we see some of the results of Jesus going to the cross taking our place. In Galatians 3.13, it states, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, it states, For he has made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. In Galatians 5.1, it states, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. In Revelations thirteen two and 7, Satan already had power, as we can see here. Revelations thirteen two and 7. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard. His feet were like the feet of a bear, and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. In verse 7, it goes on to say, It was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. Ephesians 2, 2, it goes on to say, in which he once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Ephesians 6.12 For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Romans 8.38 For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. In Luke twenty-two fifty-three. when I was with you daily in the temple, you did not try to seize me, but this is your hour and the power of darkness. You see, Satan just needed the authority to use it. Again, see Job 1, 6 through 12, 2, 1 through 7. It is we that gave him the authority back in Genesis 3, 6 and 7. You see, if you look a bit higher, you can see there's much more going on than what first appears in your glance upon the word. You can refer to the Seedy Seedlings message for a more in-depth study on that. But what is important to know is that we lost our God-given authority in addition to other stuff. So what else did we lose? Our direct relationship to and with God. Now, I'm not saying that we had the Holy Spirit in the garden, but surely we had to have some power to use the authority God had given us. Doesn't Revelation 13.2 say it? And if it is true for Satan to have both, then surely it is important that we have both. In Matthew 3.11, it states, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Well, that's it for today. As I said earlier, this is episode one of two. Two will finish up the point here, but it is important to know that we lost more than one thing in the garden. Sin just didn't put us in curses, separate us from God, cause us to wear figgies. Nope, we relinquished, Our God-given authority that God had given his kids, in whom he called gods. And that's a big deal. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are gods. Now, it's important to note that God says that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Why would he just give that to a few people? Why would he just say that to the original apostles and not apply it to everybody else? Were they born from a different tree? We're all made in the image and likeness of God, and we're all called gods. So how is it that only they get the Holy Spirit and we don't? It just doesn't make sense practically. What is your body if it is not occupied by the Holy Spirit? Is it still the temple of the Lord without the Lord being invited in? Where is that in the Bible? It's not. It's not anywhere in the Bible. 2 Corinthians two ten and 11. Now whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. For if indeed I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ. Least Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Do you want to invite an unwanted guest? Just do the opposite of Scripture; it works every time. What does it mean to blaspheme against the Holy Spirit? Luke 12:10 through 12. And anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But to him who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven. Now, when they bring you to the synagogues and magistrates and authorities, do not worry about how or what you should answer or what you should say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Now, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, I guess you'll just babble on. Not that DCOM defines every word on the planet, but it does pretty good most of the time. Blaspheme, to speak impiously or irreverently of God or sacred things. To speak evil of, slander, abuse, use without object. Blasphemed, blaspheming to speak irreverently of God or sacred things. Utter impieties. So now that we got that out of the way, we see our need of the Holy Spirit in every book in the Bible. And now you know without him you cannot exercise your authority. In Acts we see that demons do not have to obey anyone without the authority to command. Acts nineteen eleven fifteen. 15. Now God worked unusual miracles by the hand of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call on the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, We exorcise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Also there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest who did so. And the evil spirits answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know. But who are you? Go ahead and try to cast out a demon without knowing Jesus and having the Holy Spirit. So in Luke 11, 9, 13, it goes on to say, so I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receive, and he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Again, this does not imply, not that plying while reading the Scriptures will help at all, but it does state, for lack of a better word, that the Holy Spirit is not for today. Anyone who thinks this also thinks that it is best to fight a war with snowballs. In finishing, we see that the statement was lost applied not only to the restoration of our relationship with God, but it also applied to the authority we lost in the garden of God. And today we know that we have the power, the Holy Spirit, we need to carry out the commission of God so that we know him and that we can obey him. Second Thessalonians 1.8, 1 Samuel 15.22 Also, we are able to remove demons from the children of God by the authority of God. In Luke 10, 17.19 Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. So this wasn't a part of the original message, but I just got this. So check this out. Even the demons are subject to us in your name. When I read your name, it's like when you do something in the name of Jesus, you're not just doing it in the name of Jesus, but you're doing it in the name of Jesus and his Father, and the Holy Spirit. You're doing it in the total sense of Jesus. You're not just doing it in Jesus the man's name. It's Jesus the God-man's name. It's Jesus the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You're invoking the entire and totality of God, not just a fraction of it. This is why you need the Holy Spirit. This is why we need the Holy Spirit to do what God has called us to do on this planet. For more on the Holy Spirit, see my message on church purpose. Well, that was a whole bunch, but that's it for today. So I hope that you see in this message that Jesus came back for something that was lost in addition to what's being lost, which is our salvation. Yes, that was lost, but every time a child is born and given to sin, he is not connected to salvation. So it's more than just salvation that Jesus came for. He came to give us back power. He came to give us back authority. Those were also lost in the garden. Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding these messages, but what you can take away from it. Together, we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, still and destroy the works of the enemy and create space for the light of lights to shine through into people's lives. Plant a seed and click on the like and subscribe buttons. Let's build this ministry together. Thanks and see you next time in deep water.